This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. Cruise for the Comstock Report. We are in the greatest reindustrialization process in U.S. history, so says geopoliticist Peter Zinn. We are building out industrial infrastructure and factories and refineries and pipelines and roads and all that faster than we did during World War II. There's a lot of things in play here, so let's start with the kind of legacy factors, and then we'll get into the issues of the now. First, the legacies. The United States is the most skilled labor force in the world by a significant margin. There are a few countries like Singapore where the overall education level might be higher, but you know Singapore is a country of 5 million people. The United States is a country of over 300 million. Historically since 1945 and especially since 1991, what the United States has done is focused on the really, really high value added. We basically shipped all of our underwear manufacturing overseas, first to Mexico and then to China and India. And instead, we design computers, we design space stations, and we design microchips, but not a lot of that manufacturing happens here. To be perfectly blunt, that's not sufficiently high value added for the skill set of the American workforce that has always been in the background. Second is the shale revolution. Courtesy of the shale revolution, the United States is gutted with natural gas, which is not merely a power fuel, but it's also an input for chemical compounds, which then, then go into all other types of manufacturing whether or not you're looking to do electrical work or make diapers or anything in between. The shale revolution made us net independent to natural gas roughly 10 years ago, net oil independent a little bit after. We now are the world's largest producer of all the precursor materials that go into petrochemicals everywhere in the world, and now we're using those materials to do the next stage of heavy manufacturing. That is the kind of first big phase of the industrial spending issue. It isn't necessarily for building power lines, it's for building the stuff that allows us to build the stuff. With COVID, we discovered that our international supply chain perhaps weren't as reliable as we thought they were. And between China's own COVID lockdown, we found out if we wanted stuff, we had to build it ourselves. So we are. During COVID, we saw total industrial construction spending double above the 50-year average. Most recently, in the last two years, we have the Inflation Reduction Act, which has nothing to do with the flip in inflation. There's also more going on than just the aspects of the Green New Deal. It's turning out the power system and reshoring the production for everything in the power system. The Inflation Act put roughly a trillion dollars into the system to build out whatever we need in order to meet the requirements. That has doubled construction stuff spending again. We were already at record levels three years ago. We've now doubled that record, and it's going on from here. There's no way you can double the size of the industrial plant without some inflation. Once we get to the backside of this a few years from now, we will have a supply chain system that is local, that is employed by locals, that serves local customers, and uses less energy, less water, and has fewer steps. It's largely immune to international shocks. This is a really good story. The one thing that I love about Peter Zian is that while he doesn't mince words about the condition of the world, it is a fact set analysis. America is great, is getting greater, and has advantages that no other country has in the world that will keep us that way. The dark, ominous, bleak picture of the country painted is bunk. Our greatest risk is not external, but internal. When Zian is asked what or who is the greatest national security threat to the United States, he scoffs at it being China. Outgoing Department of Defense Joint Chiefs Mark Milley would contest that, 
saying China's efforts to build up a formidable military is threatening. China's economy depends on ours for markets, for goods, and trade access to resources. China has the military capability to control the South China Sea, but no further as of yet. It has no neighboring friends other than maybe North Korea. The rest of its neighbors are our allies. The United States doesn't need to engage directly near their territory. We could stand off and shut off their access to their global trade routes. The sanctions that we put on Russia hobble the country, but they are self-sufficient in food and energy. As China is dependent on both imports and exports, similar sanctions would crush the Chinese economy, which has become fragile. Russia is a cheap gas station with military kit that is so outclassed its brand has been destroyed around the world. No one wants Russian tanks anymore. As what is currently the greatest threat to our national security, Zian picked out Senator Tommy Tuberville because of his hold on nominations and promotions in the military, impacting about a third of our top brass. One result is that these top military commanders cannot then get the security clearances necessary to do their jobs. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.